got Brian, you got Greg, you got Scott, you got Marcy Westenberg. How are you guys doing tonight? Very Johnson. good, thank you. Good. It's not me. <laughs> I didn't do it. Way, way to just cut the intro right off. Yeah, we're, it was starting what? to get all chappy. So. Technical issues. <laughs> How, how's everyone doing tonight? Yeah, welcome, welcome to the show. Good, thank yeah. you. Thanks thank for you inviting for us. Here. They're, actually, for, they're actually in person. And thank you for suffering through all of the technical difficulties <laughs> we've had this evening. No problem. <laughs> yeah, we're just, we just want to get right to the point. So, Scott, give us a really quick, uh, how did we meet you? What do you do? All right, so I'm an automotive instructor. I teach in Ingham County uh, for high school students. Uh, I've been doing it for 30-some years. Um, we had an annual open house, which is uh, designed to... Um, bring parents in after the kids have visited so that the parents can come in and see the things that we actually do and see the building that they pay for. Yeah. Which, by the way, is awesome. It is. They have an awesome program. It, it's incredible. Yeah. And what's the name of the school? It's Wilson Talent Center. And right. used to be the Capillary Career Center for many, many, many years. This is actually our 50th anniversary. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yep. Um, well... We're actually in year fifty one, I think, because it was it was opened in nineteen seventy two. All right. Wow. Bad record keeping just kind of That was that was perfect. Like that they're agricultural, automotive, right? Like everything. So we are having so some technical Greg, Greg just lost the board. We, we should explain what's happening. So I just picked it up. Our iPad died. And so we had to very last minute switch iPads. And as a result, (laughs) we're working with this new iPad with this new app. And the app, if you don't pay for it, apparently has has ads that just randomly advertisements. (laughs) And so we just got a random. That's why you buy the. That's how they make you buy the app. Yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) And so that is what just happened. Awesome. So enjoy the professionalism that is the blue collar narrative. (laughs) So, um, just to clarify, because I've never quite understood, how do your schools get funded? And then as a high school student, how do I get into your program? Okay. So, um, I don't remember exactly how many programs. So I teach the auto program, but so throughout the state, um, centers are funded in different ways. We are super fortunate in Ingham County that we actually have a separate millage that pays just for career and technical education. Wow. Um, some schools, so actually Fowlerville, who's in Livingston County, comes to our school because they don't have a place to do that. All right. Mm-hmm. right. Um, so, but they have to pay tuition. Okay. Gotcha. So it's either funded from the state through a millage or the local schools have to give up some of their per pupil money to send the kids to a center. All right. Gotcha. Yep. And you guys offer a ton of programs. Automotive is just one. Correct. Can you elaborate on what other programs you guys have there? Oh, man, you're going to put me on the spot. Yeah, we are. <laughs> all right. Well, well, name a few. You don't have to name them <clears throat> yeah, all. So yeah, if you missed one, we wouldn't know. Name the ones you know. There, There's like four different health careers. Um, new media. Our culinary program is huge. Um Cosmetology, precision machining, welding, construction. All right. I noticed you guys um, had networking. Pre-engineering. Had... Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep. A uh, machine shop I saw in there. Full-blown machine shop. Yes. Yeah. Now, how long has this actually been in place and been around in Ingham County? Since 1972. They never so pulled it away years. like the rest of the high schools have? So we've lost programs over the years, right? Mm-hmm. So there used to be an HVAC program way, really? way back in the day. Why did they pull that? And a small engines program. So usually what happens in education is you run out of money, somebody retires. That's what happened to our auto auto body program. Um, somebody retires, run out of money, so that's just an easy program to let go. Gotcha. 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 All right. <clears throat> so now let's kind of, the whole purpose of this platform is to give kids an idea of what kind of careers are out there and how you can get into those careers. Mm-hmm. And and so you focus on automotive. Mm-hmm. Um. Everyone knows you can go be a mechanic, but one of the things that we kind of like to explore on this program are are some of the other doors that are open to you that you may not know about. And so are there any careers that kind of just stick out to you that are related to the field and are, and what the program that you do, it's a direct gateway to those programs, but it might not be something that someone thinks of right away. And and keep in mind, I'm just going to add this because a lot of people don't know you're ingrained in it. (laughs) Correct. And we're ingrained in it. So 
the people that don't know about this, how do they find you? How do they reach out to you? What's a good way for them to or or a similar started? school? Yeah, even. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> it varies from school to school, mm-hmm. and it depends on the relationship and the dynamic of the schools in the county. So we actually have a marketing department. And we have counselors that go into the local schools to promote the programs that are available to them. All right. And then we offer all the schools in both eighth grade and 10th grade to send as many students as they want. They can send them all to come and visit for a day or right. a session, which yeah. is a half a day. That's cool. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff out on social media now. Um, you know, in our website, but typically that's how it is because that's what, that's how career and tech ed used to be called voc ed, right? Yeah, that, yeah exactly. That, that we were the, we are fed by the local schools. We're a service to them. Right. Right. Because when voc ed started back in the sixties and seventies, you used to have a high school program in every, or, you know, like an auto shop in yeah. every high school. Yep. Right. And they said, well, this isn't cost effective. So let's build these centers. And we can share the cost. So yeah. that was the All right. that was the whole purpose Understood. of how that came about. No. So for the kids that, you know, maybe this is out of their reach, you know, or they don't have a vocational school in their area. Like, I don't believe Howell does. I'm not sure. But I know Fowlerville does not around your area. What would you say to those kids that want to get into the trades but don't know how? That's a great question. <laughs> and, and it depends on the counselors in the local schools, right? So we... And I'm not going to badmouth any of our schools, but it, it varies, right? There are counselors that barely, barely know or recognize some of our programs. Yeah. And then some of the smaller, especially the more rural school, schools, typically, um, they know about our programs and they see the value and they want their kids. Most definitely. Um, well, to, to be in there. To take that even a step further, though, like that's not even a loaded question. We sit there and we ask our kids, what do you want to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? And we make sure they get to the right college. We make sure they find the right credentials. I mean, I would almost have to say if a kid's interested in automotive or aviation or whatever, that you would kind of want to follow suit within even the high school programs to take those steps. Cause I, I know of company or not companies, but, uh, parents that move across state because they have an autism kid, like they'll move yep. across the country because right. this is the best school. So, I mean, at what point do, they do you it know, for parents, sports too. yeah, they need to start taking the steps to just move. One of the things that we really push to, and going back to answering your question earlier, how is automotive a, a springboard? Um, it's a, it's also a great opportunity. I tell, I tell these kids, like your parents are paying for this, whether you go for college or not, yeah. you can come in here and try this. Yeah. And if you absolutely hate it, you haven't wasted money going to school somewhere. You haven't wasted money, but you, you also learn something that yeah. you can do at your own home afterwards instead of taking to a mechanic or whatnot. Right. And 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 they're going to learn life skills, yeah. too, yeah, right? Skills. And employability skills, work kind of habits, no matter what program they're in, right? But in, even within automotive, um, we have kids do go in so many different directions. So even if we just start out... They might decide our focus is teaching them how to repair cars, right? Mm-hmm. We're an ASE certified program. So there are certain standards we have to meet and things we have to teach, right? But a lot of them are not going to wrench and that's okay. And maybe they like the parts department. Maybe they're really good with people. So we'll push them into the service side yep. where they might be a service writer, right? I, I have a former student who graduated in 2015, who is my service writer. I bought a new vehicle because I'm going to retire soon. <laughs> there you <laughs> and go. And <laughs> I thought I'm going to buy it while I can pay for it, right? And then, anyway, he's my service writer. He's making six figures. Yeah. Wow. As a service writer. As a service writer. Wow. Now, he amazing. works a lot of hours, yeah. but, you well, know. he got really good at it. Yeah. Learned to trade. Right. Yeah. So, I have a student who uh, wrenched for a while for a local dealership, went... He did go back to school and get a, a pre-engineering degree. He now owns a company that builds robots for the automotive assembly industry. Perfect. Wow. That's amazing. So how does that make you feel that you might have been the guy that taught him the difference between a half inch and a nine sixteen socket? Yeah, right? <laughs> you know? Now, what kind of outcome have you actually seen? Obviously, we talk about the kids that don't have the ability to get into these skilled trades in the schools, right? What have you actually seen in the outcome of it all with the kids that just kind of 
dabbled in it. They opened the door. They signed up for your class for the semester. And then you just see the, like a light bulb go off in the progression. What do you see when you look at them all? Sometimes you don't see that. I'm super fortunate. <laughs> you don't see it immediately, yeah. right? You might not see it till years, years down the road. And sometimes you're like, this kid is never going to make it. Right. And then I hear a story, but you know what? He's been wrenching for the last 10 years. You yeah. Know? yeah. You just, you never know. You you just, you never know. Um, sometimes you can see it on the face value though. Like you can't little Johnny that's over there just bashing himself in the head with a wrench. <laughs> probably ought to be like, Hey Johnny, this might not be for you, buddy. You might need to go over to that class, but. And that, happen. and that the, happens. And do you identify that pretty right off the rip, or do you try and show everybody that everybody can do this trade if they put in the effort? I try to let them decide. I try to let, I don't want to make the decision for them. Correct. Mm -hmm. Right. But I want them to get to see, do you think you can really do this? Do you think yeah. you're going to be successful at it? Mm -hmm. One thing we've really upped, our game in in the last few years is getting kids out into actual workplaces because I think that while we simulate a workplace, it's still not the same. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just a different level. And so when they see that, that's going to, I think that's been the biggest change we've seen. It's that's going to do the switch sooner. Yeah. Right. Like yep. I absolutely hate this or yeah. this is super cool. Like yeah. I've got a student right now. He was one of those kids that was like born with a wrench coming out of the womb, right? Mm -hmm. And his uncles and his grandpa, and he's taught him everything. And he's working at the dealership now uh, as a high school student. We've got him on a work-based plan, right? And he is just loving it. And That's he's awesome. eating it up. And the great thing about that is then they come back and, and the kids are now telling their peers what the teacher's been telling them, but it didn't matter what the teacher was telling them. Yeah, right? like, yeah. No, it's important that you write this up very well. You write your story on this repair order, right? You know, if so, not, you might do it for free and you're going to have somebody breathing down your neck the whole yep. time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I do want to go back because it is interesting. We've, we've asked several questions about how to get into the school, how to find a school. And your response has been very similar to our response. When we get asked the same questions. Uh, so, so in public, in public education, yes, you are limited to the school that's in your County. Okay. So you're really beholden to whatever resource was magically placed with around your, your border. That is the flaw in the American education system. Yeah. Right? yeah, it is when it comes to especially the traits. And that's why people move for sports and, yeah. and for special mm -hmm. ed programs and other things, because it's, a, it's that important to the them. The parents yeah. need to take initiative and they need to start recognizing at a certain age. You know, sixth grade, seventh grade, my kid's not doing the greatest, you know. Ask the questions why. In math math or science or whatever. But, man, he's over here just building Legos and ripping cars apart, you know, or lawnmowers. And they're tinkering and putting the tire back on. Like, at some point, you got to start grabbing a hold of where they can and When they come out of high school and they're like, wow, you ready for you ready for your life decision? Well, I don't know. I haven't even had any basics but the gauntlet of. K through 12. Like so that, that kind of leads me into, I, I've got a running theory that, you know, we're on, we're on the contractor side and, and mm -hmm. especially with the diesel and iron channel that I've got the YouTube channel, I deal with a lot of contractors and the common trope is nobody wants to work. And, and I've got a running theory on that, that when our education system has pushed higher education as the only path to success, by default, everyone that's got drive, everyone want, that wants to show that they've got what it takes is going to go to college. And so as a result, the trades just kind of get the leftovers unless there's someone that just really, really, really wants to go into the trades. From your experience with where you're at, what is your opinion on that? So we were actually talking with Greg about that before we came in here. So my opinion is... So we offer our students, we'll, we will bring in colleges to present to them. Mm -hmm. We, we do, we expose them to this education side and the, um, the work side. Right. But when I went to school, it was affordable, right? I went to Ferris, but I paid my way yeah. because I you could, could, I could work. <laughs> I could, right. It's a different game. And I think, I think colleges are going to be in huge trouble to yes. be honest with well, you. People because, are finally realizing because it. these yeah. students are like, I'm not going to school and having that much debt. Yeah. My, you know, so 
I try not to make decisions for them, but I will tell them if I was going to do this now, if I was your age now, I wouldn't go to school first. I would get a job with an employer who's willing to invest in me. Absolutely. And go to a community college at night. I mean, and even during if it that takes time, me four you're years, paid right? For what you're doing. Exactly. I'm, and if you don't like it, you're not in debt. Well, and I won't. I, I won't diss my alma mater because, yeah. you know, I, I got a good education there, but I, I have often said what we do, in fact, we've had dealers tell us they prefer our students over ex-college students. Because I remember when I went to college, that amount of hands-on you get is super small. It's minimal. So yeah, learning on the job and getting the depth from the, I think that's the best company. Yeah, if, if, if instead of you going to a university for a set amount of time, like you and I spoke about, why not take the classes tailored to exactly what you're doing? You know, that's going to be a path that I see coming more and more common is, hey, if you need to learn how to use Word and Excel in your job, go to a class that's going to teach you how to use Word and Excel. You don't need to go take 10 classes just to learn that. Well, it's, and the trades do that. The guys in the trades, yeah, yeah, yeah. we learn we don't need everything. We're exactly. like, how do we get from point A to B? That's, that's well, a short route. More tailored you know, yeah. classes. Take the classes that you need and what you need, not a broad spectrum of things. All the gen eds. Well, schools just mean schools are going to have to start recognizing coming together, whether it's down at the educational level of middle school, high school, up to college. Like at some point, there has to be a common middle ground now for like the problem that's starting to evolve. Yeah. I mean, it has to. Yeah. Yeah. So, so to go back to my question from earlier, when I was talking about the doors behind doors, uh, one of the examples that comes to mind, I was in uh, doing an interview the other day and I'm finding that there are dealerships out there that are actually creating a position to where all you have to do is kind of be the diagnostic guy for this heavy equipment, because it's gotten to the point where, you can go out and troubleshoot just computer issues, and that's totally separate from the actual mechanical issues. And there's not enough overlap to justify really training up a technician to do the computer mm -hmm. side. And that's a that's a position I didn't even know existed until the other day in that interview. So are, are there more positions kind of along those lines that, that people don't necessarily think about that aren't the, I'm just going to be a mechanic? So... And I think your underwriter was another great example. I, I never yeah. would have thought about being a service underwriter. Yeah. And the onboarding of EV is moving way out of the realm of a mechanic. That's well, true. Well, so I have predicted this for years that that is what's going to happen. And the top guy isn't even going to get dirty. He's going to do all the diagnosis. There are a few dealerships that do that. It's, it's interesting. It's sort of all over the board. I think everyone's trying to um, adapt right now. Things well, are changing so fast. I think fast. so. And I think, so it's interesting. When I was at the dealership, and that's actually where I met my wife, um, oh, ooh, at the dealership. You know, <laughs> you want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, funny story. I mean, I, I mean, I was as green as green as green. And I'm, her office was right outside my stall. And I'm out there. Are you going to tell this story? I'm going to tell oh, the story. Oh, we got to hear it. Oh. So, we, weren't even, it now. we weren't even dating yet, but, you know, I had my I had my eye on her, you know. And uh, and what did you think of this hunk at the time? <laughs> well, so well, let me finish the yeah, story. The and then story. I, then you'll know what <laughs> you I was going to say, there was just silence there. So <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling a trans pan, right? And I didn't I didn't leave the bolt in the back. When that thing broke loose, all that trans fluid oh, went over yeah. here. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, please, in your please don't be looking. Please don't be looking. And I looked over there and she like buries her head in her hands she's just laughing her butt off <laughs> so anyway. she thought you were gonna smell like trans fluid for a couple days what you're saying. at least well, it wasn't gear lube yeah so now i forgot the question because i told the story <laughs> <laughs> well that was a good one dealership dealership so so the so oh the different yeah the that's diagnostic right. Right? Yeah, that's right um so thanks for keeping us on par yeah <laughs> I told you she's the brains behind that. She's, 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 she's going to keep exactly, us on the straight exactly. now. <laughs> um, I have predicted that, and especially you see it in the ag, at least this is what I've heard, mm -hmm. that they won't even let people touch their stuff. Nope. And they diagnose it from remote. Yeah. Yep. Right? Yep. So that's going to play into the future, I think, absolutely. Because I think, and I don't know, it scares me a little bit, because then they're going to be able to justify 
well, I'm going to pay a few top guys and I'm just going to pay these guys minimal to just change parts. And it's like, oh, now I know I was going with this. When I was in the dealership, we were actually specialized because I think the thought was, I want you to be really good at a few, Something, at yeah. a few things, right? Yeah. And it's interesting that some of the dealers now, they want everybody to do everything. And I don't think that's realistic. Sure. You know, for some guys, there are some guys that can do it, yeah. right? Absolutely. But- I think I think they would be better off if they um, focus on one task. Industry well, not, maybe not one, but a, a group, right? Powertrain, transmission. Well, that's what I was about to say. Is really, when you go electrical. from from motors to transmissions, that is a huge oh, jump, and it's it's nothing alike. And then you go from transmissions and engines to electrical systems, and you're in a whole different world there. How, it's, how it's, do you become an expert? In well, all it, of that? so it's sort of like. You know, in your guys' trade, I was just I'm, say. I'm the electrician, I'm the plumber, I'm the framer, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm you're all the those handyman. Things. I never thought about being a mechanic is all of a sudden you're a handyman. We at the trade level has separated things into electrical, plumbing, yeah. carpentry, masonry. Mm -hmm. They're one-stop shopping. I never thought about it that way at all, ever. And yeah. that's actually maybe mechanic will become more of a trade where there's an electrical division and a plumb, you know, oh, maybe I not a plumbing division, but engines and powertrain, you know, and then you can move to suspension experts and body and so on and so forth. Yep. So I now, didn't see that one coming. Now let's get into realistically, if a kid's going to come into the program, mm -hmm. how long does it take to go through the program? What kind of skill set do I have coming out? Am I, am I instantly employable when I come out of this program? It depends on what you're going to do. Yeah. So, so expound on that. So we kind of understand what you mean. Okay. So back in the day, um, there were eight areas for automotive certification, right? If you got all of them, it was master. Well, it was, it was realistic back in the seventies, right? That you could probably learn most of those things. I mean, GM had three transmissions, Ford had three transmissions, Chrysler, you could have it all memorized, right? Yeah. You can't now. I mean, there's just so many, so many things. So what most people have adopted to at the high school level is called level is called maintenance and light repair. Okay. MLR. And the idea is to give the kids, the students a taste of all the areas. And then what we've done with that based on our advisory committee, uh, input from our local dealers and, uh, small service shops is that we want the kids to be really, really good at the basics, right? Because most of the time they're going to start in the Lubrec. That's just um, that's, it's, it's the bottom yeah. of the yep. totem pole position. Oh. It is You're washing cars and driving <clears throat> them into the bay. Yeah, well, this is even above that, but um, <laughs> that is our goal: is to get our kids um, able to do that basic maintenance level. Get your foot in the door. Yeah, and some of the some of the students will will be able to do more in that, and some of them will walk out with actually a couple certifications, mm -hmm. and they'll pass the Michigan State certification test and. They'll have an actual mechanics license. Wow, Work on great. usually like brakes and suspension. Yeah, you okay. know, are the now, big, are the big awesome. ones. But with <clears throat> the downtick in mechanics that are out there in the industries now, have you guys actually seen a downtick or uptick or holding kind of steady in the high school level? Like as people come in and enrolling into your your program. So I think because we, our school district has been. They were actually one of the top 10 schools in the country in the 70s. That's awesome. Um, and we were actually one of the top 10 schools in 1996 to be chosen by GM to start in a, a formal apprenticeship program. Oh, oh wow. wow. Which eventually all the manufacturers came on board with. And then 2007 and 8 and 9 hit and it, all, dwindled away. it, it all fell apart. Yeah. Right. Um, but because of the support that we've had. And like you said, I mean, and I tell the students, I'm like, I, I, I challenge you to go anywhere in this state. We might not have the biggest footprint for a shop, but the, the, the amount of technology and tools that we have in here, I'm telling you rivals most colleges. Yeah. I was and blown so, away when yeah, I walked in. So I think all that coupled together to answer your question is that we have been super fortunate that we have been full. We've That's usually awesome. had a wait list. Now, what does a day look like? You know, when you get into the program, is it a Monday through Friday or is it a one day a week or is it a, you know, seven to five? What, yeah. What does the day look like in, so, in their shoes? Um, we picked some time in between the day to accommodate the local school schedule. So there are two sessions. There's right. an AM session for two hours and 40 minutes. 
and a PM session for two hours and 40 minutes. So students have to come, right? So if they're in Mason, yeah, it's they're like, hike. you know, two miles away from where we are. We're in Mason, right? right? But if they're in Stockbridge or they're in Fowlerville, some of these kids are coming 45 minutes yep. Yep. plus to get there. Um, so it's like having a job. It is. You have it to is. commute there, and commute prepping. back. Yeah, and and, and the local time. schools do provide busing. Yep, um, for them to get there. <laughs> so, um, so we have two classes, and the way we have it split up is we have Auto Tech One, which I teach Auto Tech One, and then Auto Tech Two. We have two separate classrooms, and then we sort of share the shop. The shops kind of divide in half, but All sometimes right. there's an overlap, right? Because I got the alignment rack, and if the seniors needed to do an alignment, you know. Then we'll swap a stall mm-hmm. or something, but um, it's pretty interesting. And our program's really different too from anywhere I've ever been. And and it was like that in the seventies. Um, the reason they got the award is because they actually wrote all their own curriculum. We had in-house uh, graphic artists, wow, and people who wrote curriculum. And there were books. Oh, that's very cool. And there yeah. were books, right? I mean, I could still picture them, and I, I kicked myself because I didn't save any of them. And um. So it's individualized. It's mm-hmm. in modules. So the students can kind of work at their own pace. And some kids are are not going to go past that basic maintenance level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And then, like I said earlier, and some of them are going to be able to get certified in a couple areas. Wow. Those farm boys that grew up on a farm that <clears throat> yeah, they're right? wrenching got a little bit. They're, they're sleeping they're in, in the corner. They're a little bored in the beginning. Yeah, they're sleeping, right? yeah. Because we got to cover safety and tools because, I mean, we have the gamut. Yeah. And, and of course, the gap, I'm sure you guys have seen, too, has gotten much bigger. Where, yeah. I, mean, yep. I have kids come in that don't even know what a screwdriver is. Yep. Yep. Right? Yep. And then I have kids who, you know, grew up on the farm and they're right. Been they've changing been changing oil since they were four. Yeah, right. And they drove a tractor at six. And, yep. you know, I mean, so. Yep. So yep. so on that note, you know, kind of going back to, to where our audience is potentially, you don't have to have any experience to get into one of these programs. This is literally we're going to take you from day one what is a screwdriver and you can still get into this field correct and so realistically i get into the field i get into the the lube bay what what is a realistic expectation for and, and you don't have to be super specific but but a range of what i'd be getting paid and then as i progress where can i get to wage wise what what could i expect so I think the average is they're going to start somewhere in the 12 to 15 okay. dollars an hour, which has really just gone up. I mean, we have fought and fought and fought. Like you can make more at McDonald's, you guys, you're not going to yeah. get anybody. Uh, us we're, we're in the same <laughs> all all yes. the trades are in the all same the boat. So you guys are yeah, right. right on par with us. Um, and I think Lansing is not a super high paid area. It's just not right. If you go to Detroit or Grand Rapids, obviously you can make more money. Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, oh yeah. Interesting. Per hour. Okay. I think some of them might be pushing thirty, um, for seasoned, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And right. Middle of the road, kind of moving up, so you can rebuild a transmission or a motor. Where are you going to be at there? You think? Financially. So. I think it it's slow comparatively. The automotive business compared to some of the trades is slower to get kind of work up the ladder. The gap isn't that to, large to get up the ladder. Yeah. Um. And again, I think that's changing. I think that's changing because you know there's no more people. There's no more people to steal. Right. I was going to say all yeah. the trades are in flux right now. You know, there's joke, a lot going on. Yeah. They joke that you know technicians toolboxes have wheels for a reason, right? Yeah. But there's there's nobody else to steal because. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so many guys are my age, right? And they're getting thinking about retirement soon. And um, yeah, so I I would say you're probably in your first couple years, you know, you're making I don't know thirty, forty if you're really good. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, I think it's going to take some time till you get to sixties and. And get up, you know, there's season techs that, who are making yeah, was, the six figures, right? That's what I was going to say. What's Wait. that master mechanic at a dealership making? What's top, top pay that twisting a wrench could potentially bring you? So in the Lansing area, there are guys that are making over a hundred. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and in bigger metro areas, there are guys that make 200. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But that's a lot of experience. I was right? going to say that a lot of experience. And also, you know, when you start specializing, you get into certain shops that have the 
the ability to pay larger wages. Yeah. So, um, another question I've got for you is you spend all your time in the garage for, for someone that's kind of wanting to transition over to maybe a service underwriter or one of these other positions. How would you kind of go about setting yourself up for the skill set for that? So again, one of the unique things that we have, and we are super fortunate, um, is we hired an automotive specialist who runs our, we call it our service center. It houses all of our tools and all of our parts that we keep in-house. We keep a small amount of stock mm-hmm. and he, we rotate every student through there right. where they're going to learn a little bit about the parts and service trade. They're going to write repair orders. They're going to talk to customers. They're going to call and they're going to order parts and they're going to tally up repair orders. So very cool. Um, we expose them to that. And then if a student is really interested in that, we'll start them job shattering. So that's kind of the progression. So if you look at my class in the year, we, we take them on a, a, a dealership tour. We take them to a couple dealerships, talk to some techs, the service managers, so they can kind of see the inside of the operation. Mm-hmm. Then we're encouraging them right now. We're in that stage where they're going to do job shadows where the students who have transportation, they can actually go out and shadow attack during class time, right? Instead of coming to our class in March, we do mock interviews. We have employers come in and they do the same thing for all the trades too, right. for our construction program and, and welding and precision and all that. And um, some of those turn into jobs yeah. for kids. And then in their senior year, they can actually go on what's called a work-based learning. So like the student I was talking about earlier, I mean, he only comes to class like one or two days a week because he's learning on the job now. Wow. Awesome. Now, in your opinion, and you don't have to go down the road in the school aspect, why do you think young students should at least attempt a trade class, in your opinion? I think in all the trade classes, um, you can just pick up basic knowledge. If you're going to be a car owner, if you're going to be a homeowner, right? Just understanding what a tool is or, you know, if the lights go out of my house, do I have to call somebody or can I go flip a breaker? Correct. You know? yeah. I mean, simple things like that, I think, is the benefit of coming to to these programs. But we don't want to teach them too much because then I'll be out of a job. <laughs> we need more people. Yeah, right. So um, at, at the end, on the senior year, I feel like they have more of a sense of direction if they're sticking in one of the curricular classes, whether it's welding or automotive, and then they take the next step. Do they feel like when they have that next step and they have that sense of direction, do they feel like they have to go into a full-blown college or are they really starting to adapt into more of a, hey, I could go get a job and go to work now? Well, so I think the trend is changing that more and more students are saying, you know what, because, because it's it's so bad out there that employers are coming to us at yeah. the high school level looking for people, right? Yep. I mean, you're looking at a room of them. That's that's why we got involved is because yeah. we realized mm-hmm. it's going to have to happen it's before almost like they're out in the, for the NFL, You know, they're coming to look at you, you know. Yep. Yeah, so I think I think more and more students are are going to do that. And I think, and I was telling this to Greg earlier, so some of these schools that have like specialized programs where like, you know, I'm a GM school or I'm a BMW school, especially mm-hmm. those really top and those students might be beneficial for them to go to school because employers are actually going to pay back a lot of their tuition. Sure. And they're only going to hire like the top, 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 top. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So those are like the doctors of our trade, you know? So those students I see, but on the average, um, I see more and more. But, yeah. But I just want right to go right to work. <clears throat> speaking to a kid directly, you know, you're not going to, at least I wouldn't think so. You're not going to advise a kid that's never used a screwdriver to go to school to be a BMW tech. Oh, no, absolutely If not. they're not, you'll know within a little while, even you being a kindergarten teacher, you know if you have mechanical ability pretty much pretty early on. 
I mean, you can see a kid if he's just bashing his fingers out. <laughs> that might not be the kid you want, you know? It may just take them until there 10 a, years old to learn not to bash your fingers there's out. There's a, na- I don't care, I don't care what anybody says. No, From I the agree. day you're born, there's a, you either have a natural ability to understand mechanics or you don't. I don't mm-hmm. think you can teach it. I, I don't, I don't know I, that for sure. I knew when a six-year-old kid grabbed my cell phone and fixed my problem the one day. Right. I was in trouble. Yeah. But then you could take that same six-year-old and put him out in the backyard with a hammer and nails. He's going to come back with come no back fingers. With, come back with nine. <laughs> yeah. But then there's another six-year-old kid that you can hand a hammer and nails and he's fine. He's running around with the nail gun at that I, point. I think there is, you know, school might not be for everybody. Trades might not be for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it and it doesn't really cross melt. It's really hard to teach a guy like me how to do computer work, where I I can look at something mechanical and go, I can fix that. Yeah, you know, you either have it or you don't. I don't know if you can teach it. I that's just my personal opinion. But would you recommend somebody that may not have that mechanical ability to just go out to that you know premier school, spend the money, and then find out this is not me. for me? No, we're no. we're pretty honest with. I'm saying with maybe the not even if he had an, even been in your program. I would I would oh. say go try it and make sure you like it and then invest. So I'll so I'll tell you I'll write up that story. So um, my brother's my nephew. He's been floating around, not sure what he's doing, and he's actually super happy now. He's become an electrician apprentice. All right, right. But he was thinking about. He came home all excited. Dad, I saw this school and her auto, and he was working at a quick loop place. All right. You know, and he'd never done anything before this. And so my brother calls me and he's like, Man, what do you think about this? I'm like, So it was like one of those BMW schools or whatever. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm not saying he can't do it, but he, he's never shown any interest in this already. So I don't, I don't see him jumping that gap. Right. You know, and so, as it turns out, he's been uh, apprenticing as an electrician. And he loves that's it. awesome. Yeah. I was about to say that's that's <clears throat> the beauty of the trades, though. And, and I, you know, I wouldn't even limit this to the trades. I think there's anything in life. If it's not your passion, if you don't have any drive there, uh, you're not going to find success. It's, it's going to be an uphill yeah. battle your entire career until you find that that slot that you go, oh, this this is what I want to do, yeah. and then all of a sudden. Whether you have the skill at the initial time or not, the passion's there. Now you're ready to dive in and go learn it. So it's interesting. In the beginning of the year, um, I start out with this lesson. I call it the three piece. And that first question is, what is your passion? Yeah. And the second one is, and I think we've lost this in this country, is what can what can you use your passion for and what is its purpose? Yeah. Right. Because society doesn't function if we don't have janitors, if we don't yeah. have doctors, if we don't right. have electricians and plumbers and musicians. I mean, the world, I think we've lost that in America that yes, we're absolutely. so self-focused. Like, yes. no, I have a purpose. <laughs> yeah. I need I, to serve on. society yep. because society can't function without me. Correct. Right. And then pick, that's why I tell them, so what is your passion? How can that be used for a purpose? And then pick one. Yeah. And especially right now, you picked automotive. And that may or may not work for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you could give any advice to just a young high schooler stepping out into the world with no sense of direction, not knowing which way they want to go, just being in a school, mm-hmm. what would that be? They had no sense. Of, um, <laughs> I mean, you're 18 years old. You, you're, you got colleges coming at you. You could start life by being a mechanic or in the trades, and you got a college coming at you with a money grab. Going, hey, be a doctor. It's only going to cost you a hundred grand. But they don't know what they want to be. What would you say to that kid that's trying to even figure out who they are and their purpose in life and that next step? So I would say um, a couple things. And one of them is based from my own experience because I had no idea what I wanted to do in mm-hmm. high school. And I had a lot of passions. And um, there are resources out there and they can talk to their counselors where they can research jobs and they can research all down to the detail of, oh, I need to be able to bend and crawl and and I'm going to be exposed to chemicals that I'm going to smell, right? And, and the salaries, the whole deal. 
the state has all that information yes. that they can access. I think, I don't know if that happens at the local counselor level, but it needs to be happening. It does, 100%. Right? And, and if they still didn't know, what I did was I thought, well, I'm also a musician, but I, you know, everybody in high school thinks they could be a professional musician, Absolutely. but I'm like, you know, I'm probably not good enough to be a professional musician. I'm a so professional I'm gonna, quarter player. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to do something with my hands. And my dad was a golf nut and I thought I wanted to do landscaping, maybe golf management. So I went and got a job. I did go to community college to take a couple classes to get started, but I went and worked full time and I found out I hated it. Mm-hmm. You'll try it. Before you buy it theory. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think if you don't know, I do tell kids this all the time. If you don't know what you want to do, don't go to school. No, yeah. go get Pump a the job. Brakes, get out there in the world, test it, see <clears throat> it, feel it, see yeah. if it's for you. Yeah. That is one of the fundamental flaws in the college education system is all right. We've given you no information. You're 18 years old. So you clearly have a great sense of direction in life. Go spend a hundred grand. It's <laughs> like, well, well, what are you supposed to do? Sign with this? on the dotted line. I, I, I get a loan. I won't tell where I'm from because I don't want to bash my local school. But sure. I was so irritated. My daughter, in her senior year, had a choice of taking Calc two, which she wasn't qualified for and did horrible in, mm-hmm. or she could have taken a basic. This is how you balance your checkbook, you know, and all that. And the counselor told her no. Why? What was the the logic? Because you're too smart for this. No, nobody nobody is too smart for life skills. Yeah. I feel like that is one of the biggest downfalls, money management and debt, good debt, bad debt. Like it is, and I've had to learn that the hard way. Yep. Nothing. <laughs> well, I think we all have Here's a credit card, and if yeah. you make the $18 a month payment, you'll be just fine. Well, but yeah. the flip side of that argument, and this is, so I went to college, I went into debt, and then came into the trades afterwards. And, and so I have the chip on my shoulder of, the flip side of that whole thing is, we're teeing everyone up to be rocket engineers and, you know, physicists and all of these go-be-grand and we don't have that big of a need for for no. that profession. And so we've got all these kids taking Calc 2 to set them up for reaching the stars. And only 10 of those kids are actually needed to go reach the stars. The rest of them should go down a different career path. But we point everyone at the reach well, the stars. Not, not even just that, though. We're ripping dreams away from kids. By oh, absolutely. Them, you need to go here. You need to do this. You're this not going to be successful. successful if you go do Instead that. Instead of yeah. just doing you. Yeah. You yep. be you absolutely. and chase what you want to be. Yep. And, and so that's, that's my beef with it is why are you setting every kid up for this? Just, you're going to go, it's, yeah, a it's a money grab it's at the business. end of the day. This is where I go full conspiracy. It's a giant <laughs> money grab by the higher education system that we're going to tee everybody up for it and shove them right in the door. So, so I guess this is where it's kind of unique because for this platform, normally it's going to be tradespeople sitting in the seat, but we've got two educators here this evening. And so, as educators, and I would love both of your opinions, how do we start to change the mentality to kind of bring back an, a, a genuine interest in the trades as a viable career path as opposed to, well, maybe college isn't for you. You don't want to be that guy. Yeah. How, how do we start to do that as an education system? Scott, you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> but you teach kindergarten. We start yeah, in we kindergarten. Start I think it should start so, there. I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and interject to make this easy for you. <laughs> when you see a kid, and we talk about this all the time on another platform, you give a kid a Tonka truck. I don't care how old they are; they want to play with it, boy or girl. They just want to play Tonka toys, mm-hmm. and then they go through life. And at some point in life, somebody says you don't need to play with that toy anymore. Mm -hmm. You need to start paying attention and you need to get ready to go to college. You know, when really had you taken that kid that loved the Tonka toy and just said, you know what, Johnny, you love Tonka toys so much. Maybe you should do this for a living. Where does that get taken away? I mean, where, how, how does that happen? And there's some magical thing that none of us have ever been able to put our fingers on, but you as educators, 
have to realize it at some point. When do you start saying? Well, when they got to go through the day, and they got to go to art class, and carrying a talking truck around all day doesn't really work. I think Johnny should be able to take a talking truck with him. I'm pretty sure it happens in first grade. Yeah, because it doesn't happen in my class. You, you yeah, let them play with She does. She does not burn their dreams. <laughs> so right now, I think I have about 14 boys that want to be police officers, mm-hmm. and I have about seven girls that you know want to be princesses. Okay. So I'm not going to crush their dreams. Heck no. No. You know, you know I, we I, need to get I, a princess on this platform. I, I did. I, I did hear a really interesting concept is if you ask a kindergartner what they want to be when they grow up, nobody ever says lawyer or doctor. I yeah. wanted to be a garbage man. One doctor I, I have I wanted to ride the back of the truck. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. So that, amazing. That was the one theory. The other one was you've never seen anybody dress up as a lawyer for Halloween. No. They either want to be a fireman, a police, jobs that actually have some interest. A yeah. carpenter, uh, a farmer. I mean, you. the list goes on and on. And, but nobody ever says doctor, lawyer. Nobody wants to no, go No, I do have Halloween. a monster truck driver. Oh, he wants there you to go. Be All right. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I don't know when that actually like happens. Like, when does it switch? Because I, I, I don't know the answer to that. But I think in, in the lower grades, it's easier because the demands aren't so high. I mean... They have to learn how to read and write by the time they leave my classroom. Yeah, so that's right. that's pretty high stakes. Yeah. When I first started in this career, we had playtime. Yeah. We don't the, have that You don't anymore. have it anymore? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where it started. Yeah. You took away playtime. Well, what well ha- you didn't, but they of did. Of course I didn't. How dare no. you? No, but it, it got pushed <laughs> down. Okay. Like everything got pushed down. Yeah. And so the kindergarten of today is really the first grade of when I was in school. Yeah, really? I couldn't agree more. Which was, you know, my daughter's, sure I, my daughter's I'm not in sure first I grade. Pass your class now. I, mean, I was making <laughs> green eggs and ham in kindergarten, and that was like a day project. That's a fun day. That's not every day. I was, I was smashing all my classmates' fingers between the blocks, <laughs> but that was me. So to answer the bigger question that you asked was, um, so I teach in a rural school, mm-hmm. so. Um, I wouldn't say that a lot are going to go to college because they're working on the farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's also a bedroom community, we are very much split, meaning half of the families are going to Lansing to get their um, their job opportunities. And yep. then they're driving back for, you know, house in the country. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the others are working on the farm. Okay. So, you know, I don't have that same perspective yeah Yeah. you you don't because i've noticed the more rural the schools my kids go to fowlerville schools and if you keep going into more and more rural schools it's more acceptable to have playtime and dirt time and people understand that but you move (laughs) into these cities they don't have that it's gone nothing so i think um oh i can't remember his name the guy from gm but when he started um that apprenticeship program his his idea was to we need to start getting in the schools at an early age, not just at the high school age. And yes. so um, one of our local employers who's kind of buying up all the dealerships around, they're actually doing that. They are sending their, they have a marketing person and they are sending their getting employees out, in front of out the younger generation. In, I think that's what needs to happen. We need to get those things into the schools, right? I mean, we still need doctors and lawyers and some kids still need to go to college. Yeah. Right. But I think, that's how it's going to have to change. It's got to start earlier than because by the time that they get to high school, it, everything has been so ingrained in them already that, that is lost. I was going to say when yeah. I, I remember the when brainwashing has worked. Seventh grade <laughs> was when they started to broach the college conversation. By eighth grade, it was you should start thinking about preparing your portfolio. Portfolio, and by ninth grade, it was well, what college have you started to think about? Mm-hmm. And I'm going. I'm in ninth grade. I don't know. Like I'm not, I can't even drive yet. And you're wanting me to make a life decision. Like, I don't know. So I, it's, it's not a very big decision. It's only a couple hundred grand, Brian. Yeah. yeah it's not it's, that big. It's a big deal. They so, give you free money for it. You can, get, you can buy a house or you can go <laughs> yeah. to college. Yeah, you won't give me a house, but you'll give me a hundred grand in debt to go to school. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, even I graduated in the eighties and I, I tell my students, one of the things that I, I get ticked off about with them sometimes is when they don't appreciate what they have. Because when I was in high school, 
my because of my academics my guidance counselor was pushing me to all the college classes i didn't even know we had a vocational auto program on our campus mm-hmm. yeah i didn't even know so yeah. i didn't even get to take it yeah. in high school i you, tried you, <clears throat> you know that brings up a really crazy point as is as educators and as you know students you say that the the counselor whoever it was pushed you because you were smart to go to advanced classes right correct one thing that i've noticed and i've really noticed this with you and you and grant um the trades needs really smart people too Yes, well, and they are. It's a different kind of smart. No, no, yes. no, no. I'm saying really smart people. Um, you know, there's not that upper echelon and out of the box thinking. The trades have been very closed. You do it this way because that's the way you do it. Yep. That's the way we'll teach you. Well, now these new smart people are coming in. And they're going. You don't have to do it that way. You can do it. You know, this way or this way or that way or this way. It doesn't really matter how you do it. There's a hundred ways to skin a cat. As long Just as it gets done. One. And then all of a sudden these old school mentalities are getting overturned. And now there's, you know, the adoption of, uh, you know, what do they call that? Overdig protection. Yep. You put that on a machine. That's, that's who high. You don't need that. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we increased production by 20%. It's like, Oh, all right. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and run with that. So, you know, there's all this new stuff. So the, the trades point. people do need smart people as well. We don't just need ditch diggers. Mm-hmm. There's a gamut of, you know, all the way from the CEO all the way down. You still have to know how to dig dirt. Yeah. Well, and, and that essentially kind of buttons up really what we're doing is, is if you think about it for, for the last 50 plus years, the kind of white collar world has taken over the blue collar narrative and, and said, this is what it means to be in the trades. You're a ditch digger. You're the guy who couldn't hack it in college. You couldn't hack it in school. You grew up on the farm. You know, you spent all your time in the tractor instead of the classroom. And so this is what you're going to be stuck doing because you can't hack it in college. And and the whole purpose of this platform is to kind of flip that on head and go, no, that's not the case at all. The trades, absolutely, not only do we need just people in general, but like Greg just said, especially now that technology is starting to work its way you know, EV vehicles taking over our industries. You're going to have to have some serious electrical knowledge to get into these new vehicles in our industry, the dirt moving industry. We're getting into drones, GPS. We're getting into Mm -hmm. these really complex takeoff software where you have to have to know 3d modeling. This isn't ditch digger work. The amount of robots that are employed in plumbing now is insane. Yeah. Well, Insane. this is insane. This is the just great robot jobs. technology. Absolutely. A fun job. And these are highly skilled jobs, mm-hmm. but but to bring it all back that you don't have to go get a $100,000 education to get into. Yep. You can learn on the job, you can get paid to get the education. That's the problem. Well said. So, thanks for being on, Scott. Yeah, thanks for inviting I'm us. sorry. I'm going to what was your name again? I'm sorry. It's Marcy. Marcy. Thank Marcy and Scott. On. We really appreciate you guys coming out. This has been, this has been a unique perspective to get some educators on here and ask some questions that are, that are, that are from a different perspective outside of the actual trade, the that, actual industry. Yeah. So we appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thank you guys. We'll catch you at another episode of the blue collar narrative. Thanks guys. Thanks guys. Have a good night.